Welcome back, everybody, to the Unboxing Judaism podcast. My name is Rabbi Arya Wolby. And I'm Rabbi Yaakov Nagel. It's so wonderful to be back here, Rabbi Nagel. Afreilachin Chanukah. Happy Chanukah. Happy Chanukah to you. It's, uh, it really is an awesome uh, holiday, and I'm deeply grateful that I have the opportunity to celebrate such a beautiful, beautiful uh, Chag together with my family and to uh, hopefully... And friends. And friends. And bring uh, and bring light to the world. Uh, the topic that we were asked, my dear friends, you can always send us an email at unboxing at torchweb.org for our, us to address your question, the Unboxing Judaism podcast. So the question today is, what's wrong with having a Hanukkah bush or a Xmas tree, Christmas tree, or uh, you know, celebrating any of the non-Jewish Holidays, you know, me personally, just to share with you, Rabbi Nagel, I love the music of this uh, season. You know, I, I, maybe because they're all written by Jews, but uh, it, it's just such beautiful music. So I, I, I confess to that. But the real truth, the real question is, and we get this from a lot of people, is like, what's the problem with celebrating Christmas? What's the problem with putting a tree? What's the problem with, you know, having multicultural uh, experiences for our family? So, Rabbi, please kick it off. What are your thoughts? And don't forget Kwanzaa, please. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Once you're at it. <laughs> right. Let's have a kick and eat it. Yeah. Our uh, latkes and all, all religions come together and celebrate all together as one. It's a beautiful thought, a beautiful theory. And I, you know, and it, I can understand where the motivation goes. It's like, why not have more celebration and be more inclusive and allow others in and uh, celebrate everything? And that's, uh, I, again, a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, there are people I know that uh, have, they do this. This is how they, this is what their life looks like. They're celebrating, they have a combination. There's families that are um, intermarried, and there's a mixture of influences from all different, you know, all different religions, and they're celebrating everything. And the question is: is that is that is that a good thing? And I'll tell you, my first gut reaction is: is that I'm not saying there could. There's definitely worse things, but the problem is is identity and. It's very confusing, especially you have young children and they just don't understand. And when we're presenting um, a combination of different traditions, then in effect, you have no tradition that's yours. So if you don't know who you are and you don't have a clear identity, that itself is a very sad situation. It's not... It's not that we're against any other celebration and their tradition. In fact, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But one should be knowledgeable in and know their own traditions that are passed down from their parents, going back all the way to when this holiday came about, our history. And knowing that gives us grounding in our lives. And when you're confused, which is what's going to happen with the kids when they're going to see a mixture, a mishmash of all the different, all the different influences, and they'll, well, who am I? 
what am I? And that is very, very difficult. And when these kids grow up, they won't have a clear identity. And that unclear identity is just going to be, they're going to be floundering in life, trying to figure out who they are. And that itself is this very sad thing. Why would you deny a clear tradition for our children? So you're mentioning a couple of things, Rabbi Nagel. You're mentioning, uh, number one is confusion. You don't want to instill confusion into your children. The second is that um, we should own our own heritage. And I think that I want to just touch on the second one for a second. It's, you know, the whole question of intermarriage really can be thrown into the mix, you know. So why shouldn't I just marry, uh, any anyone, you know, as long as we, and I, I've heard this so many times where people say, you know, she's not Jewish, but we're going to raise the kids Jewish. And, and she's totally on board. She's totally on board. We're going to send them to the Jewish, Jewish day school. So the obvious question is, you know, how does that really come to fruition for a child to be growing up Jewish when one of the parents are not Jewish? One of the parents doesn't have any appreciation to the heritage, perhaps. Again, I don't know, but we're, perhaps they don't have an appreciation to the heritage of the Jewish people, where they don't have an appreciation for any of our, uh, customs or the, the, you know, the deep, the deep rooted, uh, traditions of the Jewish people. So I, I think there's another perspective here that I would like to explore, which, which is, you know, Marriage, every marriage has its share of difficulties. And that's because there are two different worlds that are coming together. And, and, you know, relationships are complicated. Relationships are not uh, just, uh, you know, especially because the Torah teaches us that marriage is to attain perfection. And your partner in life is that, that uh, helper opposite you. The in, counterbalance. The, yeah. And, and there to, to, to challenge you, to elevate you, and to bring you to the highest level possible. So in such a case where, challenge, where marriage has its challenges as is, why would you want to throw in another wrench into that relationship where now you have not only potentially a cultural difference, you have... Coming from two different planets. Coming, coming from two different planets, <laughs> Mars and Venus. But now you have another cultural difference, which is a religious difference, where to one might be Christian, one is Jewish, and here you have the clash of religions as well, a clash of values. Clash so, of so cultures. So I, I would like to suggest, you know, I, I, I don't like when people refer to Judaism as a religion because a religion is a set of rules that uh, define a, a theological belief. I don't think that that's what Judaism is. I don't think, I think other religions can call themselves a religion. I think Judaism is a relationship. It's all about relationship. It's not about, and as I think it's a mistake that people are defining Judaism by a few acts, a few seldom acts of, I'm going to light a menorah or I'm going to have that, uh, that bush, whatever checklist, it is. A it's a checklist yeah. of dues. And, and I show up Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and my kids will have a bar bat mitzvah and I donate to the JNF. Right. And, and I, and I'm friends with APAC and, and that's, and now everything is great. I think it's much more than that. I think what we're, what we're denying our own selves by limiting Judaism to those memberships is 
that Judaism is really a relationship. Judaism is really a connection with the Almighty. That's what it's about. Every mitzvah that we have is a tool, is an opportunity for us to connect with the Almighty. So a mitzvah is not just a an action that we do because this is our heritage or this is our custom. And I, I remember we did a podcast, I think one of our first podcasts was about tradition, the tradition of Fiddler on the Roof, but that that was a total sellout of Jewish values because there was an entire generation or two or three since the original Fiddler on the Roof came out. And, and that's that, the only answer they had to their life question. That's the why only reason why we do yeah. tradition. The only reason I do things is because of tradition. And that's not true. It's patently false. We don't do anything because of tradition. We do things because it's our relationship with God and our relationship with the creator of heaven and earth through his Torah, through his mitzvahs. These are, it's just like I explained that it's like when you buy flowers for your wife, you're expressing your love. You're expressing your relationship. You're bringing a, an attention to the affection that you have. And therefore, because it represents my relationship, I ensure that I buy the nicest flowers for my wife. Not just flowers. I want the nicest flowers. So too, when we do a mitzvah, when we perform a mitzvah, the Torah tells us, make the mitzvah as beautiful as you can. Why? Because the, the mitzvah is a representation of your relationship with God. So do it in the most beautiful way. So when you have a menorah, shouldn't just be the, the tinfoil menorah. It should be the nicest menorah. Go buy an expensive menorah, something that represents your relationship with the Almighty. And I think that, that there's, a, there's a, a mistake here in definition, that people are putting their religion, they're putting Judaism as a religion and not as a relationship. Judaism needs to be a, represented, a representation of my connection with the Almighty. And I think that's the sad part, is that if someone can even ask this question, the problem is, is that there's no relationship. It's really, uh, it's a great, uh, I think the mushal, the parable that you're giving about, let's say, a relationship, husband and wife relationship, as soon as the wife realizes that you're looking at it as like, well, I bought you flowers, so now you can do this for me. It's a favor for a favor type of relationship. That itself makes it fall so flat You'll see the reaction in your wife, and she's like, that's not the point. You missed the boat. When you're just doing it, like, well, look, there's flowers here. I mean, I don't you see what I did? It, like, I have this checklist. I checked it off. See, I have a whole list of all these things that I was doing for, you know, what it, what it's, what it means to be a good husband. If you're not developing a relationship, if you're not building a relationship, then it's meaningless. All those acts become meaningless. And that's exactly the same thing with with Judaism. It's a way. So all these commandments are not commandments in the sense that they are a checklist of do's and don'ts. It's a means of accessing a relationship with God. It's a way of building connections with God, and that's what it's all about. So, so how do we answer the question? Uh, but Rabbi, okay. I married a non-Jew, and we want to celebrate a mixed culture. So what are you telling me to do, to divorce my wife? Are you telling me to get rid of my family? Uh, are you telling me to not have a, a, a bush in my house and, and, or a tree and uh, to light the menorah? It's like, okay, it is what it is. I, this is the family I have. What are you telling me to do? 
I have my answer. My recommendation would be find someone that you can learn about Judaism. Invest in your relationship with the Almighty by studying his Torah. And you'll be shocked at how rich and how fulfilling it is. And we don't have all the answers to every problem, to every situation, but the Torah definitely gives tremendous guidance and is is a way to connect on such a high level and to really, you know, enrich our lives tremendously. It's a it's a very important question because a lot of people are like, well, there's nothing I could do anymore. And and there's a lot of situations where the solution is not immediately obvious. And that's a real deal. And that's a big deal. And it's not so easy. But the question, the way I would say, I would, I would say what, like Robert Wolby, like what you're saying is you can find out yourself about the religion, explore it yourself, invest in your knowledge, in your learning and enrich your life with it and include your spouse and, See if this is something that speaks to them too. You never know. But that's probably the first step. But you never lose out by growing in your knowledge and your understanding of the Torah. And only good can come of that. You'll enrich your life. You'll learn more. And you'll open your eyes to, I mean, it's it's so sad because there's so much wisdom there. It's our inheritance. Can you imagine? I mean, that's the word that we'd use to describe the Torah. It is a inheritance of the congregation of Yaakov. What does that mean? It's like, can you imagine you have all this wealth that's there, that's yours, and you never bother to access it? It's sitting in your bank account and you're just like, you're not, you're not using it. You're not utilizing it. This is a big, this is so sad. That's exactly how I look at it. I want to share with you an amazing story. My great uncle, Rabbi Chaim Kreisworth of Blessed Memory, was the chief rabbi of Antwerp, and he was known as a Gaon. A Gaon is someone who knows all of Torah, all of Talmud, all of Mishnah, all of Halacha, inside out, uh, by heart. And he was a very, very brilliant man. I'm sure you've met him more than once. Uh, Really a remarkable, remarkable man. So he once was in Jerusalem and he meets a poor beggar and he starts talking to them. He was a very, very charitable person. He raised tremendous amounts of money. I'll just tell you a quick story if I'm already talking about him. So he was once very ill when he was young and he went to one of the great tzaddikim, one of the great righteous scholars of the generation. And he says, I need a blessing. I'm very sick. Doctors are not very hopeful. What do I do? So the rabbi told him, you know, in the morning we say, Elu Devarim, and we say things that you get reward in this world and things you get reward in the next world. You, some, some you get the principle, the in, principle the world in this world and some you get the interest in the world to come, et cetera, et cetera. But it's very interesting. If you look at the order, it says, Ubikur Cholim, visiting the sick, for the mitzvah of visiting the sick, and Hachnosis Kala, and bringing in the bride into canopy, helping a bride get married. And then it says, and escorting the dead. He said, it doesn't make any sense. It should be bringing the woman to canopy, helping people get married, then getting sick, and then dying. Like just in chronological order, why is the, you know, someone getting sick and dying? In between, you have 
someone helping you know marry off the the uh, brides. So the rabbi said to him, because this distance is illness from death, the mitzvah of marrying off the brides, and he dedicated his life and he married off hundreds, if not thousands, of girls, orphans, widows. He helped them with their weddings. He would raise money to bring them to Canopy. And he lived a very, very, very uh, long life. So uh, it, that blessing worked. But either way, he's walking in Jerusalem and he meets this beggar. He starts listening to his story and he talks to him and he tells him, one second, what's your name again? What did you say your name was? He tells him his name. He says, you won't believe it. He says, was your father so-and-so? He says, yes. He died in the Holocaust, right? Yes. And you're from this in this town? Yes. He says, then I want to tell you something. He says, I've been looking for you for the past 30, 40 years. And what I want you to know is that your father was a very wealthy man. And he left you money in a Swiss bank account. And I've been looking for you since I heard this. I heard he came over to me right before the right during the war. He told me, if you ever meet my son, tell him this is my account number, and he should go get the money. And this beggar went from an pauper to a very, very incredibly wealthy man in a second. So here's the, here's the question. Was he a pauper 20 minutes ago? No, he wasn't. He just didn't know that he had it. And I think that each one of us, when we know and we understand the richness of the Torah that we have, we're the wealthiest in the world. We're the most privileged people on planet Earth knowing that we have this beautiful, amazing Torah. And this gift that we have is the opportunity to to uh, connect, is an opportunity to enrich our lives every single day with meaning and with purpose. But you know, when we talk about intermarriage, and I'm going to raise my kids Jewish, there's there's many times, and we see this statistically, that the divorce rates as is are terrible. But among intermarried couples, it's even higher because there's like sort of a a short in the in the relationship because certain things are just not they're not relatable. And that you know, my parents, uh Shem should bless them with good health. My father's Israeli, my mother's American. As is there's the exchange rate. You know, there's the conversion rate of, you know, it's like, it's just like miscommunication of, of, of not only of actual language of words, but of culture, right? Thank God they have a beautiful, magnificent, flourishing relationship, but they were such a great example. But as is, there's so much challenge in a relationship, adding the cultural difference only makes it more. And then adding the religious difference is so much, is so much more challenging. So the, the most direct way to say the answer to this question is, is that do not sell yourself short. Don't trade your tradition for what you think is a celebration of confusion, of a mixture of a bunch of things. When you have everything and you celebrate everything, then you celebrate nothing. Because there's no meaning behind it. It's just a, an opportunity to party. That's all it is. The parties, cel- are, parties are great, right. but that's not uplifting. It's it, it lasts for a short time, but the purpose 
of all Jewish celebrations. It's like we said before, it's as in all mitzvahs, it's to create a deeper connection to God. It's to be more appreciative of what God did for us. It's to recognize these things and to think about, you know, it's, there's another factor that I just feel like I need to share. I just want, I want to quickly share a story. If you could just remember that a friend of mine, uh, his son married a Mormon girl. He's a Jewish man. His, his son married a Mormon girl. And it was very disappointing. It was disappointing to me because, I, you know, this person had a, a great connection with the Jewish community and uh, is proudly Jewish. But, you know, sadly, his son married uh, a girl who came from a Mormon background. And he said, do you know who didn't show up to the wedding because it was an intermarriage? The Mormon grandparents. They didn't tolerate that their Mormon granddaughter married a Jew. And we think like sometimes like people say like, oh, the Jews are so intolerant that if if I was to marry out, uh, my family will disown me. The Jews weren't the ones who boycotted the wedding. It was the Mormon uh, grandparents who boycotted the wedding. And it, I think it's telling because to, to, to them, they feel that responsibility towards their religion, toward their, towards their heritage. You know, this Hanukkah, one of the things that I've been doing with my family is before we light the candles every night, we give thanks and appreciation to Hashem for something else. So the first night of Hanukkah, we gave thanks because it's the holiday of thanks, of giving thanks to Hashem. We gave thanks to our family. We gave thanks to each and every one of us that we have, my wife and my children, and feeling gratitude and thanking Hashem for, for the life He's given us. And the second night, we gave special thanks to our parents and to our grandparents and to our ancestors for the commitment that they had to maintain a Jewish religion, to, re, re, to maintain a Jewish connection, to maintain a Jewish affiliation. The struggles that they all went through to fight to maintain their Jewish identity is so unbelievable. So much commitment, so much dedication. And I feel a sense of responsibility. I'm a link in that chain that goes back thousands of years of people struggling. And you look at all of the challenges the Jewish people had, whether it be the Spanish Inquisition, whether it be every single one of the pogroms and the beheadings and the slaughterings and the Holocaust and the gas chambers, and you name it. And yet we persevered. For what? So that we can have the opportunity and the privilege to embrace our Judaism. And now we're going to sell it out. We're linking that chain that's been going for generation and generation all the way up to the Jewish people standing at the foot of Mount Sinai. And it's a tremendous gratitude that we all felt like, wow, they did so much. I was talking to my grandmother before she passed away. The, the sacrifice, the devotion that they had knowing they're laying the groundwork for us. And now we're just like with a, I met a nice girl in the bar, so we're just going to get married because, what, 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 what does that mean? Because why not? Why not? There's a very strong reason why not. Here's, a, here's what I'm saying is that, and this is, people talk about celebrating Xmas. If they would only study a little bit of Jewish history, 
just a little bit, and they would know that their own grandparents were afraid to walk out that night because they would get beaten up because of said holiday. Just because they're Jewish. Because, oh, we're the Christ killers or whatever it is. Whatever made up reason why they need to beat on us. And that's what you want to celebrate? It's like, it's like, have you no respect for the memory of your own ancestors who've suffered these years just for this ex- existence of this holiday? That's something that's real. And uh, you should learn about it. People are ignorant about their, their history. I think plus, if we look at the history, if you just do a Wikipedia search, uh, do a Google search on the history of the 25th day of December, which coincidentally is trying to mimic the 25th day of the month of Kislev. And that's not, you know, I don't want to get into, I'm not here to refute uh, Christianity or what, whatever their beliefs are. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I don't, I don't own a doctorate in Christian theology. Uh, it's Judaism that I do now. I once, I once had a class and someone in the class says, well, Rabbi, that's not consistent with Christian thought. I'm like, well, I don't teach Christianity. I teach it's Judaism. Good thing. It's a good thing. I <laughs> it's a good thing I don't. That. Right. I'm not here to, uh, to, to refute or to uh, back or to, or to even harm their way of thinking. That's not, that's not our business. It's not what we're, what we're in. We're not here to, to talk down about anyone. But if someone is thinking of celebrating it, do the research and see the inconsistencies, see the, the challenges with what it is that they're celebrating. You think about uh, Halloween, and Halloween has become a very, very popular holiday for many Jewish people who don't know better. Oh, we're having a Halloween party. It's like, oh, well, we, well, the Jews have Purim, the way they get dressed up. So, the, the, you know, it's become an American cultural day of, uh, you know, like like Purim where they get dressed up. And it's so, it's so mis- guided and it's so misrepresentative of what Purim really is. Purim is such a holy day, such a sanctified day, um, not just where we get dressed up, but it's where it's it's a day of total internal growth uh, of, you know, removing the external. And I just want to share a very quick, interesting uh, contrast. In Halloween, the custom is everyone goes out and they go trick-or-treating, which means that they're going and getting things from people. And it's so fascinating that in, in the Jewish holiday of Purim, everyone's also going around, but it's the exact opposite. We're going to bring to other people gifts. To give. To give, exactly. I think that's so telling about the contrast between the two. Yeah, so it, I, I think like this. I, I think that... We're not here to disparage anyone. We're not here to label anyone. We're not here to call anyone out. But what we are is pleading to our brethren to take their relationship, take your relationship, your precious relationship uh, with your ancestors to the next generation. Don't cut off that connection. Because once it's cut off, it's very, very difficult to reconnect. And it's, it's, it's tragic uh, to the thought that our ancestors devoted everything they had. They were willing to give up jobs. They were willing to give up career. They were willing to give up fame. They were willing to give up everything not to desecrate their Judaism. 
It meant so much. They were willing to do anything in the world to maintain their Judaism. Why would we sell it out so quickly without even thinking about it? When you I, don't even know what you're squandering, that's really what it is. Right, it's, and, it's, and, 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 the, and, the urge, and the urge, the request, come learn. Learn about the beautiful heritage that we have. Learn, learn about the beautiful inheritance that was given to you by your ancestors. It's your relationship with God. It's your relationship with your Judaism. Don't squander that. Don't waste that. Any final words, Rabbi, Rabbi Nagel, on this matter? I'll tell you, it's so interesting that, you know, it's, it's so funny because, like, when it comes to actual practice of religion and doing the mitzvahs and things like that, we don't really look at it necessarily as our relationship-building act, which is what it should be. But we only have problems with it because it's related to religion. If our fathers always come home and have a beer and then they read the paper, we're going to do that also. When we say, oh, that's our tradition. That's how my father did it. That's how I'm going to do it. If our father raised us a certain way, well, that's how I treat my children. That's our tradition. Every other tradition that's completely invented, that's no, re- no reality behind it, we're very happy to follow. The only one that's actually... <laughs> True. That's a that's 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 actually a true tradition. That's the one that we're actually tossing out the window. That's that's a sad thing. At least find out. There's so much behind it. There's so much meaning there. See what it is. That's my. That's our. That's what I'm calling you out to do. Investigate. Invest. My dear friends, have a lovely Hanukkah, a very, very, very happy, beautiful eight days of light, and it should be a year filled with light in every corner of the world. Amen. Amen. My dear friends, don't forget, please share your questions with us at unboxing at torchweb.org. We look forward to hearing from you and have a terrific week ahead and a great Shabbos.